This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Coming off a fantastic of some weekend of college hoop action. We're back here to talk some football, talk about some Raiders football, talk about free agency. We've got a lot going on coming up on this afternoon's show. Very excited about it. Coming off the heels of JT the Brick, which of course followed up the morning tailgate this morning with Hondo Carpenter, Clay Baker. They held it down to just start things off from 7 to 10. JT, noon to 2. I'm here 2 to 4. And, of course, Vinny Bonsignor will close this out a little bit later in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. Again, unnecessary roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Demond Cotton, fresh out the gym. He's here ready to rock and roll. He looks like uh, about your arms are about, I don't know, 15 inches uh, bigger now that you – what you do? Just – Hit that iron in the in the car and then come running in. Oh no, this is this is prepared to after the show. After I'm oh, done today, I'm going okay. to the gym tonight. Okay, all right. You know, but I'm still ready. You know, sun's out, guns out. <laughs> you know, sleeveless shirt. Hey, look, dog, sun's out, guns out, but that wind's blowing, so I don't know. Oh, it it is very windy. That's why I've got the big overcoat. You know, there but when you I go. take off the coat, it's like, ooh. Well, you kind of made shirt. me nervous when you walked in at first with a big overcoat on, and then he took it off and he didn't have no sleeves on. I was like, wait a minute, hold on. Are you doubling down as like a, a Chippendale dancer after the show? Or are you trying to get them extra dollar bills? What you trying to do, man? But that's what it is. I mean, I wish, man. I could use that extra income, so <laughs> maybe I need to get to it. No, 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 no. Go on, keep doing Would what that you're doing. Would that hurt my on-air personality, That too? might hurt a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah. That might just hurt your feelings in general. So we're not even going to go there. But uh, DeMond is here. He's ready to rock and roll. I'm here ready to rock and roll. And, of course, Raider Nation, we're here ready to hear from you as, out, as well throughout the course of the show. Coming up at 2.30, Jeffrey Chadia from NFL.com. He's going to join the show just to talk about free agency. We've seen a lot of moving and shaking today. Former Raider uh, backup quarterback Marcus Mariota, he's off the market now. He's going to the ATL. He's going to be the Falcons quarterback. And you say, well, why do the Falcons need a quarterback? Well, Matt Ryan is on his way to the Indianapolis Colts. I'm telling you, man, there's been a lot of movement with the quarterback position. And normally you hear, like the last couple of years, oh, man, this quarterback's going to be on the move. This quarterback's going to be on the move. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I, I swore up and down no quarterbacks are going to be on the move. Well, here I am a few days later, and every quarterback's on the move. So uh, Marcus Mariota to the Falcons. What do you think about that off top? I think it's a good move for him because if they're going to bring in anyone else, but he's lining up to be a starter. And I know anyone who plays in the NFL, you want to be a starter. Right. You don't want to be a backup. So if they're going to bring him in, even compete, but hey, wink, wink, you're probably going to be the starter unless someone beats you out. Right. That's a great, that's a great situation for him. I think it's a good landing spot and in for the him. Division. <laughs> right. I think he's in a good, I think he's in a good spot. Uh, to get an opportunity to play because, you know, you look at what he's done the last two years with the Raiders. He basically just rehabbed for two years. You know what I mean? Just basically got his body right, got, you know, got his mind right and everything and, uh, you know, worked with the team. But, I mean, he didn't have a lot of wear and tear on his body. So I think that he's going to go into that that opportunity and, and have a good opportunity to go be with uh, Arthur Smith again, who was his offensive coordinator there at Tennessee. So there you go. He's got an opportunity. Exactly. An opportunity. Like I said, weak division. I feel like if he can win a good seven to nine games, that's a success. Yeah, and I mean that division does have one team that looks like they're going to be really good, like really good. Hey, just the one, but I mean That's the other true. two. Jameis coming off an ACL injury. I, I'm interested in that, and they, he's he's resigning a two year deal. I'm interested to see how he does. I I'm really excited for him. Uh, when the when the Saints started talking about Deshaun Watson, I kept thinking, why? 
You've got Jameis Winston, and I know Deshaun Watson and Jameis Winston aren't the same guys, but Jameis don't come with no baggage. The only thing Jameis does is eat L's, you know, or dubs. Isn't that what he did? Eat W's? It was a W. Yeah, we well, hungry for a W. Yeah, but he but he's been eating a lot of L's. But I mean, at and least I think he was like six and two before he went down. Yeah, something like that. I think it was five and two, six and two, something like that. But I mean, you know, that's that's the worst that he's got going on. You know, Deshaun was a whole different ball game. I just thought that that was a better fit for uh, Jameis to go back to in uh, to New Orleans. So uh, cool to see that he's going there. Uh, Matt Ryan again, as I said, in Indianapolis. Marcus Mariota now in Atlanta. So now you still wonder where the hell does Baker Mayfield go? Somebody's got to want him, or do they? I was about to say, do they? That's that's I don't I don't have any idea. Uh, I was thinking that that Carolina might be a good spot because Matt Rule needs a quarterback and his back's against the wall. He's in trouble. Uh, Baker Mayfield's back's against the wall. He's in trouble. He's on his final year of his deal, and they both know each other from the Big 12. So maybe, maybe, just maybe you could tie those two together, but I don't know. That's That reminds me of like a movie where two people were going to go out swinging. Right. And it might not be the ending that they both want. Right, exactly. And and it look, if, if Baker Mayfield, you're putting all your eggs in Baker Mayfield's basket, maybe he shows up and shows out because it's one year and he's got something to prove. But once he gets comfortable, man, he's just not that dude, you know? So that's that's going to be – I want to see where he ends up. Seattle sounds like they don't want anything to do with him, which is weird because they don't have a quarterback outside of Drew Locke. So you think maybe that would be a spot, but maybe that tells you a lot about Baker Mayfield if they don't even want him. Maybe that tells us about Drew Locke. Who, who knows? Maybe Pete Curl He's not very good. thinks that. He's not very okay. good. Okay. I don't care what any <laughs> – look, man, I've been doing a lot of radio the last uh, you know four or five days for sure, and every time we talk some Seahawks or I've talked Seahawks, I always hear someone say, you know, well, they really like Drew Locke. Look, man, you got to know who he is. It's almost like the Nate Peterman thing. You know what I mean? You knew who Nate Peterman was. But Gruden loved him so Nate Peterman, right? Just for some reason. Kept him in the league. Kept, kept him in the league and kept him paid. I mean, he made some good money to do nothing. Nothing. And it's just, it was one of those situations I kept wondering, like, when the hell does he see in him? I think it's the same thing with Drew Locke. He's just not that good. But someone's going to say, oh, I'm that coach. I can turn him around. No, you can't. Yeah, because he also has, just like Peterman, he has the interception problem. Turns the ball over exactly, a lot. Exactly. It's hard to change. And a, I don't know how to fix that. It's hard to change a, a quarterback's habits. Now, look, Jameis threw 30 interceptions. We all know that. 30 touchdowns that season as well. Yeah, but that was the year that, you know, Bruce Arians first got with him. What did he say? No risk it, no biscuit. Let it sling. So he slung it. He slung that thing. He just slung that thing in the wrong direction a lot of times. Exactly. Who's ever had a 30-30 season in the, in the <laughs> NFL? Nobody. He was trying to break some records, and he did. So we'll talk to Jeffrey Chadia coming up at 2.30. All things NFL free agency, all the moving and shaking that's been going on across the league. Of course, we'll talk about the AFC West with him as well. Then at 3 o'clock, normally we have cover three here, but we're going to have Connor Orr from SI.com. And right now, I know someone's thinking, not Connor Orr. He's a Raider hater. You know, that's, that's, that's just some guys get that reputation. But I want to have him on the show, and I'm, we're going to have him on the show, because about, I don't know, what was it, back in November, we had him on the show when everything shook out with the Raiders and, and all the moving was going on in the front office and, and everything was going on with Coach and all that scenarios. And he put out a piece, and I don't remember exactly when it was, and said that the Raiders needed to do something different when it came to their front office. Everyone immediately was like, oh, he's a hater, he's a hater. And so I had him on the show to explain what he was talking about, and he really wasn't hating. He was just saying, like, hey, what they're doing isn't working. They need to go in another direction. Well, few fast forward a few months later, they went in a complete different direction. And I think that all the Raider Nation right now should be excited about the way that the front office is moving. And then he also put out a piece after that one that said, when it comes to a coach standpoint, the Raiders are number one, number one for right. 
the destination of all the free, all the vacancies. Right. The Raiders should be the number one if you're a coach that you want to go to. Exactly. So I just wanted to follow up with him. You know, I, I put out a podcast today saying, hey, it's about time that someone gives some props to, to Mark Davis for what he was able to do. He didn't stick with the, well, it's got to be the Raider way. We got to go and make sure we get someone with super ties to the Raiders. We got to do this, that, and the other and stick to the same process that he had been doing. They, look, he tried to make it work. He tried to get Gruden. Gruden is obviously, uh, you know, well in with the, with, with Raider Nation. And, and we all know that, you know, once a Raider, always a Raider. We get all that. But it just didn't work out. It didn't work out with the, the way that Gruden was trying to make it, it go. Brought in Mike Mayock. That didn't work either. And then all of a sudden, you see they go in this other direction, and a lot of people didn't like it at first, but I think a lot of people love it now. It's been the biggest blessing in disguise maybe in all of sports in this past year or two. It might be a big – I mean, I think it's a huge surprise. You know, I think it's a huge surprise that it's going the way it's going because, again, I don't think a lot of people expected it to go this way. I mean, hell, we have people calling here saying that the whole team was about to get blown up and get rebuilt and all that good stuff, and and here they go. They're up there making moves. So you got. I think you got to give them a lot of credit. So we'll talk to Connor coming up. At 3 o'clock and then at 3.30, T- Tiffany McNiff, she's actually the Raiderette director. She's uh, she's going to call in to, to the show, uh, and basically she's uh, calling all cards, calling all cards. She's putting out a putting out a memo saying that, hey, if you're a Raiderette, you want to be a future Raiderette, she could tell you how to make that happen. Now, Demond, you just grabbed the mic like you were about oh, to say, hey, let's go. Open auditions? Basically. Wow. Yeah, yeah, basically some open auditions and everything that they got going on. And so we'll talk to her coming up at 3.30 about all things going on with the Raiderettes. And as she is the director, you know, different responsibilities that they have and what they're going to need. And there's all kind of stuff going on. So, yeah, uh, you know, as you're starting to put together a team, you're also putting together the Raiderette team. So uh, Tiffany's going to join us coming up at 3.30. Uh, what you going to do, ask to be a judge? Oh, you know what? Maybe. I don't know if I have the qualifications. You don't. And you ain't have to shut me down that fast. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> well, that ends that. <laughs> <laughs> that conversation just ended. No, it's it's all good. Well, we'll talk to her coming up at 3.30. And, of course, uh, Raider Nation, throughout the course of the show, we want to hear from you again. 702-365-9200. And the Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword RNR. Now that you know who's coming up on the show, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now, I got a couple questions that I really want to throw out there to you today. One I actually have written down, and another one comes off of what I was doing yesterday on on the radio on ESPN National. I was doing a little fill-in work yesterday uh, afternoon, and this question actually came up organically as we were watching uh, March Madness. And I don't know, let me ask you off top, how is your bracket? Still in. Are your brackets still intact or what? Oh, uh, not at all. <laughs> I went with my heart. I had an all Southern oh, Final Four. That's right. I had Memphis. I had North Carolina. I had North Carolina Auburn. still in there. Yes, yes. North Carolina is still in there. Memphis, North Carolina, Auburn, and Tennessee. Oh, everybody lost, but North Carolina. Yeah, you know, I was with them Southern boys. You know, them <laughs> athletes. I was like Gonzaga, Chet Holmgren. They gonna put a couple shoulders on him and give him a couple hard fouls. He gonna fold. He ain't fold. Shows what you know. Shows what you know. You always try to play that bully ball. You always try to be that bully on the block. That's what happens when little guys, little guys, you give a little guy a little bit of room. You always want to be a bully. Auburn, they projectively might have a top three they pick on the team. They got the brakes beat oh, off them. Oh, man, I was watching that one last. Ooh. They got the brakes beat off them by, what, 10th ranked Miami? Yeah, man, it was a 10 team. Bruce Pearl, he says, he's like, hey, you know, they do like the little side interviews yeah, like during yeah. the game. Hey, coach, are you worried you guys are down by like six? He's like, no, nah, you know, if we can just take care of the ball, we'll be fine. 
they couldn't take care of the ball. Man, I'm telling you, they sure could. And that's the man. That was that was a rough deal. But uh, the mat man, the the March Madness, uh, the the run of the March Madness has been fun, man. It really has. This whole weekend, I felt like all last week it was all really about the about the NFL. You know what I mean? Like even while the tournament was going on on Thursday and Friday, it was overshadowed by everything going on in the NFL. Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones, Deshaun Watson gets traded to Cleveland. I mean, everything overshadowed basketball. But Saturday and Sunday. Come on, man. It was it was basketball, basketball, and more basketball. It was fantastic. And then St. Peter's, who who seen that who seen that coming? A 15 seed? Yeah, buddy. And then they're up there in New Jersey. I mean, like the coach says that we got New York, New Jersey kids. We're not scared of nothing. <laughs> Just like that's like the the epitome of we got a little something in our neck, is what he wanted to say. <laughs> right. Oh man, he hey, I like him a lot, man. Coach Holloway, he's got something going on, man. He's he is that dude, right? He's that guy that you want or he's on your side. You know, like, hey, who are you gonna go pick up? I'm me and me. I'm picking up coach. Man, me and coach, we gonna ride. I don't care who else I got with us. As long as I got coach with me, I know I'm good. So yeah, that's man. He, he's a, he's a good dude, and and glad to see that uh, St. Peter's is doing their thing now. I think that their run's gonna come to an end in the Sweet 16. But hey, you know that's that's why they play the games. It's exactly why they play the games. Like I tried to tell you last week, teams can get hot, start hitting buckets. Remember when uh, Gonzaga was 23 and a half point favorites? They did not cover. You know why they didn't cover? Because teams get hot. No, but then Gonzaga, they took off late in that game, too. Yeah, they did. Where it was close up until probably about seven minutes. And then they started going there. Yep, exactly. So it's just you never know, man. It's so difficult to to really break it down. Who's going to be hot and who's not. And, and in, a, in a hoop game, man, if you're hot one game, that's all you need. All of a sudden, the hoop starts looking like a, a ocean and everything goes in, right? I mean, everyone's yeah, hitting buckets. Or sometimes, man, these coaches, I'm not going to lie, Rick Barnes of Tennessee really let me down. Juwan Howard gets the zero. Going to Shout the out to Jawan Howard, man. Jawan Howard's the dude. I'm so happy for him. So happy for him. And, and saw what he was. He did. He embraced the the young man from Tennessee that was in tears in the handshake line. And we all know Jawan Howard's little, you know, infamous moment in the in the handshake line. This dude really showed out, man. He showed out. Gave this dude a long hug. Talked to him and everything. I thought that was that was really cool. And I don't think that that got enough shine. He got a lot of shine when he was fighting with the coach. But where is all the attention when, when it comes to Juwan Howard showing love to the opposing player and really embracing it? It wasn't like a, hey, keep your head up and keep it moving, kid. It was like, hey, let me talk to you, console you, hug you, love on you a little bit. I thought that was really cool. So shout out to Juwan Howard. It wasn't. Kenny Chandler, I think is his name. He's a freshman. So for him, right. this is the biggest game he's ever played in. Yep. And you need those coaches. And that's why it's so good when you see former players become coaches because he knows he's been there before. He's had that moment where he's been crying and a camera's been on his face. Right. And just to like to extend that empathy from someone who's been there, done that. Exactly. So I got a couple questions for you. So the first one is, well, they're both Raider related, but the first one, now that you've seen what the Raiders have made, the moves they've made, you see Chandler Jones in the mix. Uh, Devontae Adams is in the mix. That's big time. You know that they don't have a first round pick or a second round pick this upcoming year. That's okay. What do you think the Raiders need to do now in free agency to help solidify the roster? There are no first round pick. There are no second round picks. So what are you looking for? What is the move that you're looking for the Raiders to make? If any, maybe you can say, you know what? I'm good. They went out and got that number one wide receiver. They got a big-time edge rusher that's going to also play the run and be a big-time leader on defense. Got a cornerback in Rocky Sin that they made the trade with, Unique Ngakwe. Maybe they're cool. Or maybe not. Maybe you, there's an area of concern that you want to see them address. And if there is, let me know who, uh, what it is and who it is. Let me know the position and let me know who you'd like to see them go out there and make a move for. 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Now, the second question is really one that came from 
the ESPN national show that I did last night. That was a lot of fun. And again, this just happened organically. It wasn't even meant to be a show question, but it turned into a show question because I found out a guy that was producing the show, he went to Illinois. And when Illinois took that L, and matter of fact, they lost to, who they lose to? Houston. They lost to uh, fifth-ranked Houston. And he said he turned it off. He turned off the rest of the game because once his team was out, he didn't want to watch it anymore. So I said, well, who does, who does that? Who turns off the, the, the sports because your team lost? And he said, Q, everybody does that. He's like, you don't do that? And I was like, hell no. And so he's like, oh, well, you're not a real fan. I said, no, you're just a bad fan. So we went back and forth, and we actually turned it into a show question. And a lot of people, at first, a lot of people sided with him. Like, oh, yeah, once my team loses for the day, if it's football, basketball, whatever the sport is, I ain't watching no more of the sports. So I said, you tell me if your football team, your favorite football team plays, and he said he was an Eagle fan. I said, if your favorite football team plays the early game, lose, you ain't watching the afternoon game or the Sunday night game? And he said, I might make it back by the Sunday night game, but I ain't watching no afternoon games. And that blew my mind. I don't understand why. So I asked you, Raider Nation, if the Raiders lose in the early game, are you watching football the rest of the day or are you shutting it down? Because I'm not shutting it down. I'm watching sports the rest of the day. If the Raiders lose an early game, if they go to New York and play the Giants early in the morning and they take an L like they did this last year, guess what? The next game that came up, I was watching. And then I watched Sunday night football. That's what you do. How do you keep up on other, other teams if you ain't paying attention? Like, I understand getting mad. I could watch the game with a little bit of anger, a little something in my neck, you know, a couple of extra cold beverages in my hand to ease the pain. But I'm still watching. I'm not shutting it down. Hold on. I'm kind of on his side when it comes to isn't that the ultimate sign of fanship right there? That if my team loses, I don't want to watch another game? No, you know, that just, makes no just sense. Devil's that advocate, makes no, you know? no, no. I don't that's agree, fine. but. That makes no sense. If you're just like, especially makes with no the NCAA sense. tournament, if we're out of the tournament, I don't want to watch anymore. Yeah. If you so were, did you shut it down when your teams that you had in the Final Four started losing? Did you shut it down? You know what happened, man? I, I am a pretty big Memphis fan, and I had to leave the game at halftime where I was watching it at. And I, and I kind of think, I think that's kind of the reason that they lost because I wasn't there sitting in the same spot I was. But did you, did you pick up hoops some more or did you stop watching? Yeah, the next day. You didn't watch any more the rest of the day. Memphis, if, if I remember correctly, did Memphis lose pretty early in the day? No, it was the last game of the night. Oh, was it? Okay. Oh, well, then there you go. Well, that's easy. But I'm saying like that, how, how furthermore can you show that I'm dedicated to this team? If they not in it, my eyes are not in it. Man. I'm out of here. I don't understand that. I don't understand that theory. And I was on an island by myself for a long time. Finally, some folks started coming around to my side of the, the, the fence. I don't understand that. Look, if the Raiders lose it, it, at the early game... And in the afternoon game, the Chiefs are playing. I'm going to watch. I want to see what the hell the Chiefs are doing. That doesn't intrigue you what the, what the, uh, the competition is doing? You don't want to see what the rest of the AFC West is doing or the rest of the AFC or just football in general? Maybe if somebody's putting up some all-time performance, you're on Twitter and, and it's just like seeing tweet after tweet, you got to check this out. No, I don't need Twitter to tell me that football comes on early afternoon and night. I don't have to tell me that. Why you want to watch football and you're all mad about what just happened to your team? Not even a couple I, hours I ago. Because I love watching the sport. That's I mean, you can be mad. You can sit there and be mad about your team losing and still watch another game. I Look, I'm glad I'm asking this question because I'm going to start realizing who I can and who I can't hang out with. <laughs> because if you're going to shut it down as soon as the team loses, that's your team. I'm not going to want to hang out with you. What am I, I mean, if that's the case, I can hang out with myself. And I do a good job of that, too. You know what? I'm kind of, I'm on this guy's side. Whoever this producer is, I'm on the his side. Dude's name is Harry. Harry, yeah, Harry's a good guy. He is not. He's okay in my book. You know, because he's right. Why do you want to keep? You can go do some errands or something. It's a Sunday. 
If we're sticking That's it to football. the last thing I want to do is run some errands. You can go errands. get some things done. It's early in the day. Man, Especially time, they got the morning game. One time the wife had me. She wanted me to put some damn Christmas lights up. She wanted me to put some Christmas. We were still in Texas at the time. She wanted me to put some Christmas lights on, but just up around the porch. She didn't want me to do the whole house, but the porch. The game in Texas kicked off at, what was it? I guess noon, right? That's when, that's when it was in, in, in Texas. It was 12. So about 11.30, she's like, hey, can you put these lights up? I was like, are you serious? Like, it's 30 minutes before the game. The pregame show's still on. And so I went out there to do it real quick, but I was angry. I had an attitude the whole time. I broke a couple lights while I was doing it, and she was like, okay, never mind. I don't want you to do it anymore. And she ain't never asked me to do that again. But I guarantee you after the Raiders lost that game because they did lose, there was nothing she asked me to do either. Like, I didn't have any chores to do. I watched football the rest of the day. That's what it was. But when you have been more inclined to do it after the game following a loss, like, no. you got nothing else to do? Yes, I do. Watch games. Yes, I don't, yes. don't want to do anything. I want to watch sports. <laughs> Raider Grizz said, Q, I'm not watching no Chiefs game if we lose. You're tripping. Why? Why wouldn't you watch? You don't yeah. want to get no. In, you don't want to get no intel on the opposition. What are they doing well? How can you? Okay, so I ask you this then: If you're not watching the Chiefs game, how do you go back and talk about what the Chiefs or how the Raiders could beat the Chiefs the next week if they have to play on the next week or so down the road? Oh, you can't come on the radio and say, "Well, they haven't been playing good as of late" because your ass didn't watch. Well, Q, that's different. You're no, the professional not. radio no, man. No, no, no. If I'm you're talking, just a fan at home. Wait, wait. How many fans at home call in every single day and break down what the other team does well and what they don't do well? So are you just throwing some stuff out your backside, or are you actually doing some intel and some research? I tend to believe Raider Nation does the intel and the research because Raider Nation is a smart fan base. Do it the next day. <laughs> Do you think I was studying Gonzaga film or I just looked at Chet Holmes, 7 to 150 pounds? So and no I said, wonder you don't know what you're talking about half the time. Jalen Duran's built like a man. I don't he was going to give him a little if shoulder. If you don't know what's going on, you don't know what's going on. No wonder half the time you don't know what you're talking about. Now at least I know. It makes a lot more sense. This is going to be a fun one today, I can tell. 702-365-9200. I know we don't have a lot of time for some calls, but who we got up first? Evan out in Cali. Evan! Evan from Cali. What's on your mind, brother? That didn't sound good. The strategic masterpiece of getting Devontae Adams. Uh, you know, I know the Packers have a lot of arrogance and hubris with their front office and, um, and Aaron Rodgers, but uh, in just thinking about this kind of like the non-reported stuff, first the, the Packers had a non-exclusive franchise tag for him. So if the Raiders gave him an official offer, they would have lost two first-round draft picks. They gave him a stealth offer. They put the Packers in a corner. They put him in a corner. So they gave him a stealth offer so they didn't, the Packers didn't have a right to refuse it. So they only had to give up their first and second, not two first. Then the masterpiece of getting the agent is due five, five year, $141 million. The real contract, three years, $69 million, $8 million first year against the cap. That is a great contract for Devontae Adams, a great contract for the Raiders. An absolute strategic masterpiece. Never doubt what the Raiders are doing. They got a plan. The Packers were in a corner. If they couldn't find him because he wouldn't sign the tag, so they had a $20 million cap hit, and Devontae said he wasn't going to sign it, so they could lull and cap hell and wait, or they could trade him in the best deal because the Raiders never made an official offer. It was a strategic masterpiece. Second of all, I love watching football. I love watching the AFC West teams lose. It's harder to me to watch the Raiders sometimes in those tight-knit games against the Chargers the last game of the year. I had to take a walk. It's much easier to watch 
watch the Ra- the Raiders opponents play and root for root for your AFC West uh, foes to lose than it is. And second and lastly, uh, and I just want to say love your show. Lastly, hope the Raiders do address the offensive line specifically specifically right tackle. Love your show. Thanks for all you do and keep on doing it. Thanks. Uh, hey, appreciate the call. Good stuff right there. That's what I'm saying, man. You've got to watch the opponent lose, right? Because that's that's how you strategically look at okay, let me see what the standings look like. All right, the Raiders lost today. But, okay, if that team loses, then they're only a game back or a half game back, or you know what, they'll be tied. That's how you get – that's how you strategize. You can do that without watching. Yeah, but you got to know what the team looks like, man. So when someone calls in and says, oh, the, the, the offensive line play for Denver has been really bad lately, are you just box scoring it or you actually know that from watching? What's hard to box score offensive line play? No, not if you don't. If you see quarterbacks oh, yeah, been sacked five yeah, yeah. times, then you know, hey, the offensive line sucks. But you don't know, is it the offensive line or is it the quarterback holding on to the ball too long? I'm just saying. I guess I'll this too long. We got some really great answers. I got this one that I uh, that I have to uh, pass along. Then we'll get another call in. Nah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of the NFL. Raiders only an f the rest. <laughs> That's my man. About as, as matter of fact as you can get from the 707. Thank you for that uh, text. I do appreciate you. 702-365-9200. Who's up next? Raider convert. Raider convert. Welcome to the show, my man. Give me something good. Oh man, I, I don't know. I don't know where to start. Hey, Damon, you're in trouble, man. You got to listen to your boss. You got to watch the games. You're in the business, buddy. Hey, that last caller, he stole my thunder. I forgot to call on Friday. A little worried about the Adams contract. He nailed it. It's really just a three-year, sixty-nine. It's a sixty-nine million. It's a perfect contract. Yep. And Q, I got to tell you, man, I was listening to your podcast this morning. I drove off the road, got a flat tire, had to call AAA. I'm going to vent now. You, you were defending Mark Davis. People are actually calling you, saying Mark Davis has an ugly hair, and drives a small car, and he's poor. Are you kidding me? Hey, man, I've been around the block a few times in the business world. There's nothing worse than a snot-nosed, spoiled punk boy with a silver spoon in his mouth. And Mark Davis had every opportunity in the world to be that guy, and he's not. That's why I love the man. And I'm an ace of season ticket holder. I saw him flying coach to go to Tucson to watch UNLV. Yep. I love Mark Davis. Go Raiders. Hey, hey, great call, my man. Great call. And, yeah, I mean, that was the thing, man. I mean, we've had people, countless people here call the station and say, oh, the guy needs to sell the team. And I was like, hey, man, sit, settle down. Settle down and, re- and realize what this dude has been able to do for this organization. I really think it is going in the right direction. And, again, he tried to go the Gruden way. He tried to go the Ra- Raider way and, and leave it up to the football guys and this, that, and the other. It didn't work out. So instead of trying to bang his head against the wall and do the same thing over and over, he said, I'm going to go in a different direction. And I think that everyone needs to appreciate what he's been able to do. So thank you so much for that call. Sorry about your tire, but uh, I'm glad you hit us up and we're able to vent with us. 2.26 at the time. We'll get back to your calls and texts. But coming up next, my guy, Jeffrey Chadia from NFL.com. He'll join us to talk all things free agency. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 
2.31 is the time. Before we get to Jeffrey Chadia from NFL.com, NFL Network as well, I wanted to let you know that the Raiders have re-signed Brandon Parker. He will be in competition at that right tackle position, whether it be depth, whether it be starter. I do not know. And, of course, there's still a lot of time between now and uh, then when the season gets started and training camp gets started to, to add some more beef and uh, add some more uh, tackles to that right tackle position. But Brandon Parker is, in fact, back in the mix. Now joining us on the phone lines is our guy, Jeffrey Chadia. And, Jeffrey, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you. and wanted to talk free agency with you. And uh, as I was kind of putting everything together this morning, there was a lot of moving and shaking with the quarterbacks. Matt Ryan is on his way to Indy. You have Marcus Mariota, who is here in Vegas. Now he's on his way to Atlanta. What have you thought of just the, the quarterback carousel, especially those those latest movements? Well, it's definitely been the craziest offseason I've, I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, usually it's uh, quarterbacks that make this, this much noise in the offseason. But now it feels like the times have changed where if a guy someplace for more than five years, it's, it's a big deal. Um, you know, but again, it's fun, it's fun to watch. It makes the offseason an incredible thing to follow because you're seeing all these teams stocking up and all these teams getting better. So, yeah, when guys like Marcus Mariota are in high demand, you know you've got a crazy offseason. <laughs> right, of course. And, you know, everything really got started last week at the end of the week when Deshaun Watson agreed to a deal with the Cleveland Browns. He was traded from Houston, and they gave him a boatload of money, and he wasn't even a free agent. But they decided they were going to go ahead and give him a whole bunch of guaranteed money. What do you think about that fit on the field, and what do you think about the, the issues that are going to face him off the field? Well, it's a great fit on the field because Cleveland for the last couple of years has had a championship-ready roster. Uh, they were hoping that Baker Mayfield could be the quarterback to lead them to a championship, and he just hadn't shown that he can do that. And so just talking to people around the league, even before that trade was made, you know, a lot of people made it clear to me is that you know, they've been on teams where they had great rosters and they couldn't get by, couldn't get through the playoffs because the quarterback couldn't get it done. And then they were on teams that had great quarterbacks and the roster wasn't as good. Uh, but they went farther. And so you, when you have a chance to be an elite quarterback, whatever you're paying is worth it. Uh, off the field, it's a different situation. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly the Browns know there was going to be some blowback that came with the move. But I'm somebody who feels like, look, you know, he, he went, he's gone through the criminal process. Uh, he had a grand jury. Uh, they didn't decide to move forward with that case. He still has a civil case pending with, with these 22 complaints. But ultimately – I don't think it's fair for a guy to lose another year of, his, of playing on the field um, because of that situation. Now, if it plays out and he ends up losing the case, suspend him. But I, I think at this point, teams got comfortable with the idea of him not being charged criminally, and I think that's enough for him for them to move forward with him uh, playing football again. You know, I, I wanted to ask you about a potential suspension because I feel like the NFL is never really consistent. Do you have any kind of idea what you think that they may hand down to Deshaun? Well, I think that the, the common belief is that he will get some kind of suspension. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a bad look. Um, you know, what, you know, the, they've suspended for less. Right. Uh, the question is, is how long will it be? And generally, when it comes to any kind of domestic violence case, the, the standard is six games. Right. So I think that it will probably be six games. He may be able to appeal that down to four based on. Uh, you know, where these cases are now, um, there's a possibility he could be on the commissioner's list, but the exempt list. But I think right now I find it hard to believe that any of these teams are making moves on him or bidding for him with the belief that it's going to be anything more than six games. So I'd probably go with that. That sounds about right. Again, we're talking with Je- Jeffrey Chadia right now on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. So as far as quarterbacks go, at least Baker Mayfield and Jimmy G. Baker Mayfield wants to be traded to Indianapolis. That's not going to happen, obviously. 
How do you think these guys go? Where do you think these guys land? Well, it is kind of a weird thing for Jimmy Garoppolo now because, you know, his market was pretty sky high uh, when Aaron Rodgers got returned to Green Bay. Now it's, uh, now you're looking at Carolina. Now you're looking at St. Seattle. Maybe the Giants uh, are a possibility there if they want to bring in somebody to compete with Daniel Jones. But I would think that Carolina and Seattle are the last two remaining teams that haven't really filled that quarterback need or don't have a quarterback they've drafted or trying to develop. Uh, it's a tough one for Garoppolo because a week ago, if you had asked me who'd be the second person off the board after Deshaun Watson, I would have said it would have been him. All right, Jeffrey, this past weekend you were out at Michigan's Pro Day, and linebacker David Ojobo, he fell down with an injury. It turns out that he tore his Achilles. He was projected to be a top a top 10 pick, at least a first-rounder. What did you see there, or and was the video worse than did it looked, or did when did it, people eventually come to his aid there after he went down? Well, it, it was a weird situation because you know, you know pro days have gotten weird too because he didn't do anything but positional drills, didn't run the forty, didn't do the bench press, and a lot of other guys who were top tier players like Aiden Hutchinson, Daxon Hill, a safety could go in the first round. We're in the same boat. Um, so to see him go down in that drill was, was, it was, it was, it was deflating. I mean, it really was a simple pass coverage drill. He had done his pass rush stuff. Now he was trying to show his ability to drop back in a pass coverage. Simple deal. He dropped, he made a cut, came forward, caught the football, and he just went down grabbing his left leg. And at that point, yeah, Mike Tomlin, the Steelers head coach was right in front of me when it happened. And you just saw him just turn right away from the scene and just kind of just curse and, and just he was upset. Mm-hmm. He was visibly upset about what had happened. And so, yeah, you know, I think it, it's it's strange to say that aside from coming away from without any kind of severe injury, an Achilles might be the best case scenario for him because it's right now it's like a six month deal. Um, I thought he had torn his ankle up. To be honest with you, but Cam Akers, the Rams running back, has shown that. You know, he went down in July in training camp, and he was playing football in January. Uh, Eric Fisher had a similar injury. Uh, a former Chiefs left tackle, he injured his leg in the late January. AFC Championship game, he was playing in October. So I think Ojabo was still end up being uh, highly drafted. You know, it, it's a bit of a gamble now, taking him in the first round, just because he won't be able to play until possibly the end of the year as a rookie. But he's a special player. And before he got hurt, all the people there were talking about what he could do and how much impact he could have. So whoever gets him once he's healthy is going to get a pretty good player. Talking again with Jeffrey Tadia here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, I know that you're in Kansas City, and uh, they just signed Juju Smith-Schuster. He doesn't have to be a number one. He, he doesn't even have to be a number two. He just has to be a really good Sammy Watkins. What, what did you think of that addition that the Chiefs made to their uh, their offense? Well, I think you've got to be healthy first. True, <laughs> true. That's yeah. probably the big thing is that, uh, that you're right. Um, it, it's it's a good fit for him. And they, they tried to sign him last offseason. It didn't work out. He went back to Pittsburgh. And I think the mindset for him then was that he was going to try to get a big payday. Free agent market wasn't great because of COVID. This year he's coming off an injury, a shoulder injury, that kept him out of, I think, all but six, seven games. And so he's trying to show what he can do. I mean, it's a great deal for the Chiefs because he's get, coming on a one-year deal, three-year uh, base salary with like $10 million or another $7 million in incentives. So he'd go up to $10 million total for the contract. But you're right. He does come in knowing he's going to be the third option here. Terry Hill, it's Travis Kelsey, and then him. But he does bring a dimension here that they haven't had since Sammy Watkins left, which is a bigger receiver. 
He can play inside in the slot. He's comfortable in the red zone. He likes blocking. And when you watch the Chiefs play last year, I know you guys, you know, I saw a ton of their games with Raiders' interest. It's like, you know, they, they, once you took away that deep threat, there wasn't much else happening outside of Travis Kelsey on a consistent basis. That's one reason the Chiefs offense struggled down the stretch. Teams started rushing forward and playing coverage, and once they took away Hill and Kelsey, that was it. So he brings a nice dimension there if he can stay healthy. Uh, he certainly is an upgrade over what they had at that position. And here in Las Vegas, uh, Raider Nation is fired up and pumped up about the moves that the front office has been making. In particular, Devontae Adams making a trade for him last week. What, can, what what do you think he brings to that element of offense? And not only just Devontae Adams, but also what Josh McDaniels, the play caller, brings to this Raiders offense. Well, I think you hit on there with, with what Josh McDaniels can do because he's proven that he can be a great play caller when he's got someone of Randy Moss's ability. He's been a great play caller as far as slot receivers with, with Wes Welker and, and Julian Edelman. And he's shown what he can do with tight ends with Gronkowski. And now you've got three guys who fit into that category with Adams being the, 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 the big play, the dominant number one receiver, Hunter Renfro being that really crafty slot guy, and then Darren Waller who you know got banged up last year, but he's one of the top two or three tight ends in football. And so that, that combination, Josh McDaniels is a genius with knowing how to combine talents and, and combine route concepts and to really force defenses to make difficult decisions. It's what it's one reason why Gronkowski and Edelman were so good together in, uh, in New England for years. And so, yeah, I think that that's a great mix for them. And, and I, I give McDaniels credit because when he was in Denver, I think he, he thought he could just go out there and just be a genius and it would be, be great. He could run off, you know, Jay Cutler or Brandon Marshall, guys like that. Now he's bringing in a lot of talent with Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams and, and knowing that that's what's going to win you games in this league, having great players to work with. Right, exactly. You know, they, they traded Unique Ngakwe. They got Rocky Sin in, in return. But as you mentioned, Chandler Jones was signed as a big-time free agent. In your opinion, you've watched a lot of football. How much of an upgrade is that at that position with Chandler Jones now in the mix? Well, I like Ngakwe. Uh, you know, he's a leader. Um, he's been productive, but Chandler Jones is, I think he's got more sex than anyone in the NFL over the last like, seven or eight years, if I'm, I'm correct. And so uh, I think that you're getting a player, even though he was banged up last year, uh, you go back before that, he's been double-digit sack guy for, for most of his career. And, and so you're getting a player who's still, you know, he's 31, so he's getting older, but he's still a dominant force when he's healthy. You saw it in the first game. Last year against Tennessee when he had five sacks against the Titans, a really good offensive line. And then you pair with Max Crosby, and, and you've got a force now up front. You know, I think they still have to figure out what they got to do on the back end, a corner, mm-hmm. um, especially because, you know, they really got some issues in, in that department. But I think, like, just getting after the quarterback – uh, this is as good. This is as good as they've looked up front in a long time. Talking right now with Jeffrey Chadia here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Just got a couple more questions for you. As far as the AFC West goes, we know in Denver, Russell Wilson's there. We've talked about the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Chargers are making some big time moves. Uh, you cover this division and the league. What are your thoughts on just the AFC West in general? You know, it's this may be uh, hyperbole, but this is the best division on paper that I've ever seen. Now, you can go back to the early 90s when you had the NFC East with the Eagles and the Giants and the Redskins and the, and the Cowboys and those three in Dallas and New York won championships back-to-back-to-back to back to back years in the early 90s and had a ton of great players. But 
you know, to have the, the, the quarterback play in this division, for one, is just through the roof. When Derek Carr, who's a Pro Bowl quarterback, a really quarterback in this league, is the fourth-best quarterback in your division, that, that speaks volumes about what you have going on for you. I, if you look at the top ten quarterbacks in the league right now, three of them are playing in this division. In the, top, in the top five, two of them, you know, Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, in my mind, are in this division. And then everybody else who's come in from – the guys you mentioned, Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones, the Khalil Mack, Casey Jackson, mm-hmm. Russell, Wendy Gregory. It's just, I, I think what happened, um, and people talk about people chasing the Chiefs, I think what happened was when the Bengals won the AFC Championship last year in the fashion they did, I think all these teams and the Rams and what they did realized, let's just load up. If we can load up and try to make a run, let's not worry about what happens five years down the road. Right. <laughs> we win the championship now. All sins will be forgiven. Right, absolutely, and and I, I think that uh, I think you hit it right on the head when it comes to that. And my final question for you, Jeffrey: There's still guys out there like Stephon Gilmore, Bobby Wagner, the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. Uh, how 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 soon do you expect those guys to sign some deals? I think it's going to take a little bit longer for some of those players. Once you get past the first wave of spending, the first whatever seven eight days, you know, I think those players. You mentioned the, the Tyra Matthews, the Bobby Wagners, those guys. It's a different deal with free agency. They want to get paid a lot of money. There's not much to go around, but they also want to find a team where they can win championships with. And so that's kind of part of the deal, too. So a lot of those teams that are of that higher level in this league right now, they either don't have a ton of money or they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with the draft. And so I wouldn't surprise me to see some of those guys get signed after the draft, especially when it comes down to one-year deals. So with Melvin Ingram, for example, who wound up, you know, going to Pittsburgh last year, getting traded at the mid-year point, coming to the Chiefs and having a big impact, uh, I think that he was the guy who was looking for a big payday last year and didn't get it. Um, I'm surprised Matthew hasn't gotten a deal of all those guys you mentioned. I think Bobby Wagner will be the first one to get signed because I think he's got some interest in Dallas. But again, when you're a veteran, different things go into the mix besides just money. Right, absolutely. Well, Jeffrey, hey, great stuff as always. I definitely appreciate catching up with you, picking your brain a little bit, and uh, enjoy the rest of free agency. The draft's right around the corner, and we'll be talking to you soon. All right, man. Anytime. Appreciate you. There he goes, Jeffrey Chadia right there. Great stuff uh, from NFL.com. You can check out his, his work on NFL Network. He'll be all over the draft like a glove. Just a, does a great job covering the NFL. And definitely appreciate his time today on Unnecessary Roughness. 2.45 is the time. We'll come back, close out our number one, your calls and texts. Getting a ton of feedback. A ton of feedback. We'll want to hear from you next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Bill Romanowski, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Boom. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Boy Q. Two questions that we had out there. What do the Raiders need to do now in free agency to help solidify the roster? No first or second round picks. So what are you looking for? If anything, you might not be looking for anything, but let us know about it. And also, seems like the question of the day. If the Raiders lose, do you turn off the do you turn off football for the rest of the day? Or are you one like me that if the Raiders lose, it's like, okay, they took an L, that sucks, but I'm going to watch the rest of the games because it's football and there's only seven, well, 18 weeks, 17 games. I want to watch as much as possible. I'm just, a, I'm a guy that loves to watch football, just like I love to watch basketball and baseball for that matter. I don't care if it's your team or someone else's team. I'm watching the games. I love it. But I think the real thing that we need to be questioning here is how much of a fan are you of your team? So you love football? I got it tatted on my back. 
And speaking of tats, you were supposed to get the shield tatted if the what, Raiders what, made the playoffs, what? and you didn't show what? up. Yo, yeah, what, yeah. What so don't don't question on? my fandom here, Jack. I was in the stands. I was that guy. Just like Raider Nation's chiming in, I, I've I've been there, done that. So you can't question my fandom. Well, I'm just saying. I just hey, don't. Hey. I'm not gonna let it ruin my whole day. Don't come at the messenger. I'm just saying that if you really about your team, you oh, I'm about my wanna, team. Yo, you should love your team more than you love football. I love to be entertained as well, and I don't want to watch. Did you know Cheaters is back? Did you know that that show is back? Like the we caught you? Like, oh, this is Jim's wife. Yeah. yeah. Remember oh. that from back in the day? Yeah. You were probably, like, still a new booty. You might have still been. You might not even been alive when that, that show I first hit. I remember the show. All right. Well, do you know it's back now? I did not know that. I didn't realize it until this weekend. I found out. My buddy said that he actually DVRs it. I didn't even know. And my point is, I don't watch stuff like that because I'm watching sports. I love sports. That's what I do. I mean, obviously, it's what I do. But, I mean, I, I even if I didn't, when I was a hip-hop guy, I, I watched sports So you're saying the Raiders can't, like, if the Raiders lose, you're not going to put on an episode? No. No. Why? I'm going to be mad. I'm going to go get a couple cold beverages. I'm hoping the wife has made some good food. I'm going to eat it. And then when the next game, I'm going to be sitting my ass right down in front of the TV ready to watch it. And if I'm at a sports bar, I'm going to turn my attention to the other team or other game as soon as it's over and keep it moving like that. Why wouldn't I? That's why I go to sports bars to see all the action. I think that's a catchphrase for one of these teams or one of these places, aren't they? I don't know. Well, they need to get you on the on the marketing team then. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Let's Write some see. Copy for them. Jay in Vegas said, "For me, one word comes to mind with all that the Raiders have done so far, and that word is respect." For Josh McDaniels, with everything that happened in Denver to leaving the Colts high and dry by the end of the year, I believe that respect will be put on his name. For Ziegler. It was said Belichick was a GM. He didn't close any deals. He's just someone sitting in the room. Well, with the deals he's been getting done, put some respect needs to be put on his name. For Mark Davis steadily trying to improve this franchise and for him signing off on all these deals and putting the league on notice that the Raiders have cash on hand to do whatever it takes to win, respect needs to be put on his name. That's from Jay in Vegas. That was awesome. That was a powerful text. Put some respect on his name. I agree with that. Hey, Jay in Vegas. Great text, my man. I appreciate you. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to Delaware and talk to our guy, Nick. What's on your mind, Nick? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, Q? Man, being out here in Delaware, I, I'm I'm on an island in, in terms of being a Raiders fan. <laughs> and to your, to your point earlier about the, you know, the early L, if, it must be an East Coast thing because being surrounded by Philly fans, if they lose, Man, they're they're the most angry fan base, like around. So it, it's kind of contagious. And if if I see my boys lose one o'clock game, I shut it down. <laughs> I shut it down for the rest my of the man. day. Maybe maybe like the the one listener said, maybe he catches the late night game Monday night. Yeah, for sure. But I know after noon game, we gotta go let off some steam. All right. But, well, uh, go ahead. I, I also listen to your podcast, and I know you're you're not like a like a, a big rumors guy yep. in terms of of like of like fans. But man, I think with this whole Devontae Adams thing, I remember sometime last year seeing Twitter blow up about Derek Carr recruiting Devontae Adams. Yeah, like, I remember that. Season. Yep, yep. And uh, I never heard you mention anything about it, but. You know, after the season ended and there was that rumor that Devontae bought that house in Vegas, man, that was like perfect foreshadowing because I think Ziggler, either he did the fans a favor who wanted it or he did Derek the favor, but 
Man, I'm on board. There you go. Hey, good call, my man. And I'll say this: without without having to ask Dave Ziegler, he definitely did Derek the favor. I mean, he, he wasn't worried about what the fans are, are wanting. He went out there and made the move for the franchise and gave uh, Derek Carr the best quarter or wide receiver he's ever had. And look, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't buy too much into it about oh, Derek Carr is recruiting Devontae Adams. Okay. That's fine. You can recruit anyone you want. I didn't think that there was a chance Devontae Adams was going to get out of Green Bay as long as Aaron Rodgers was there. And look, fast forward to this year, this offseason, we talked about it on the show. Why not go make the move? Right? Go, go, go make the move. Go get aggressive. But then they put the franchise tag on him, you know, and by the letter of the law, that's supposed to be two first-round picks that you have to give up. Now, it could be negotiable, obviously, and it was. It was negotiated correctly. Dave Ziegler did a really good job, gave it a first and a second, and called it a day. It's a wrap, gave him a contract that he would have got anywhere else, and still it doesn't even look as bad as a lot of people thought on paper. It really was a, uh, you know, here, here you go, make the, uh, the agent's uh, flex- flexibility a little bit better. I mean, Z- Ziegler, he, he did some great things, you know, and so uh, you're right. I don't, I'm not the guy who subscribes to rumors and say, oh, man, I saw so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so.com say this is going to happen, so it's going to happen. Because if that was the case, I'd tell you that Stephon Gilmore and the Honey Badger are a done deal because that's been, what's been floating around Twitter every day for the last like week and all these guys keep saying i promise it's going to happen tomorrow i promise it's going to become official tomorrow and then you'll see well it's going to happen tomorrow i mean the next day i mean the next day so i don't sign up to that because i don't i don't like blowing smoke up anyone's backside you know if if something's going on i want to tell you it's going on and if i have an opinion if it should go on i'll say this is my opinion what i think they should do but this is not what i know what I do know is coming up next, Connor Orr from SI.com. He's going to join the show to talk about that front office, Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly and company, and see what he thinks about the Raiders and the moves they've made this offseason so far. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.